What's up, y'all? What it do, baby? How I sound? You sound good. You sound good, man. I was gonna tell you to definitely uh, make sure your your mouth was close to the uh, either the microphone if you got your headset on or if you're on, on speakerphone. But because listening to you in the car, like you're like super, super, super low. But then like when you listen like in a controlled, still environment, you sound better. I mean, still probably a little lower than me and Senator. But I don't know if you if you've listened to any previous episodes, but. Yeah, that's that's about it though. Okay, I I have my I got my AirPods in, so I don't I wouldn't think it would be, but okay. Uh, as long as I sound good now, we should be good. Yeah, man. How you doing? Pretty good, man. I, I man, I've been on some tired stuff today. I, tired? I a, uh, yeah, I, I got an early morning run in, and then I guess it kicked my ass, and I've been like chilling all day. With uh, um, how many miles did you run? Four. Nice, nice. I did um uh, two yesterday. I feel like I almost just gotta like start back over and just like work my way up. Um yeah. like the pandemic and the dad bod well kicked my ass. Yeah. I still get out there and handle my business, but it's just I could just tell like my body is just completely completely different. And I used to yeah. I was like, we got a house now and we was living in an apartment. So I used to go to the gym and I was doing you know, saying I was also doing strength. So I was doing like leg day and lifting weights and stuff. And I ain't been doing none of that. So I just been getting out there straight running. And I just feel like my legs get like fatigue a lot faster. Like I find myself stopping, not just be, not being tired and winded, but just like my legs and stuff like that. It just seemed like they get so sore. So I had even went and bought some new running shoes. because I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'm not running in the right shoes and stuff like that. So yeah, I just got to get back on my ish though. But I still been trying to, Nowhere near as consistent as I used to be, but still trying to stay consistent with just not stopping completely. Like, I try to ride the bike, walk, go running, you know what I'm saying? Just just do something and get active, man, because that's – anybody that know me know that I, I definitely get active. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I haven't even been running, but I had been jumping rope so much. That's good, too. So when I started running, I just started running, like, eight-minute miles out of nowhere. And – I've been running consistently ever since I started. So, nah, that's what's up, man. That is what's up. How, how's everything up in Ohio? Uh, the weather's finally changing. Um, so, I'll get to sit out on the balcony today. It, the crickets ain't too bad today. So, I'm out on the balcony. I got my uh, Woodford pulled, poured, and I got uh, my reefer ready. Yeah, <laughs> Senator, you there? I am here. What's up? What's up? What's, what's happening? How you doing, what's man? Good, How's Tacoma? Tacoma's good, man. Cause I, I was surprised it didn't rain today. So we actually had nice weather Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I was surprised. I didn't think the whole weekend we could make it without rain, but we did. I was about to ask you, how has that been living on the uh, Northwest with it being like you know, Oregon, Washington, just being super rainy. Have you have you been experiencing a lot? It sounds like you've been experiencing a lot of rain. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just a constant mist and drizzle that happens. You know, it doesn't rain buckets. Maybe sometimes it does and definitely maybe like overnight. I think the weirdest thing for me weather-wise, because, I mean, right now it's still all new and it's beautiful and it's fall, so trees and colors and leaves are changing. But I think the craziest thing is that it'll be gray. Like you'll wake up in the morning and it's gray 
It'll be gray in the afternoon at like 12, 1, 2. And then about 4 or 5 o'clock, the sun comes out. And you'll have like this beautiful, nice day. I mean, it still will be like in the 60s. But you'll have this beautiful, nice little sunshine from like 5 to 7. And then the sun goes down again. But that's like the weirdest thing because in the South, you know, you get the maximum amount of daylight or sunshine at high noon, you know. Yeah. Here it'd be gray and overcast, and then just you get a little bit of it in the evening. So that's been the strangest thing to me so far, weather-wise. Is that something that you would consider something that sucks, or is it is it okay? It's not as bad. It's not that bad. Well, I mean, to me, it's still everything is so new. I'm just kind of getting used to it. I mean, another strange thing is, you know, as a teacher, my students want to go outside and still eat lunch or go play even when it's raining, like when it's misting. And that's just still weird for me. Sometimes I just get out because I want to, I need to get out too. But I don't, I'm like, and then when it was like perfect weather back in August, it was like 75 and they're like, oh, it's too hot to go outside. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's beautiful. Y'all don't have bugs. There's no mosquitoes. There's no humidity. It's gorgeous. Um, So so you're experiencing a new normal for sure, because on that side, unless it's completely just pouring cats and dogs, as we would say, if it's drizzling or very light, they're like, bro, the show must go on. They're still going to run. They're still going to be out doing whatever it is that they're doing. Oh, going camping and everything. Yeah, that's a part of their lifestyle. It's always been like that. But for us, we're like, man, it's it's raining outside. I spend $600 on a raincoat or whatever. I couldn't do it, man. I went in REI. I was like, man, this stuff looks great, but it is too damn expensive. So I just went over to Dick Sporting Goods and uh, got me like a $40 Columbia and was like, man, praise God, it works. Shout out Columbia. You know, Columbia is actually headquartered in Portland. Okay. That's what's yeah. up. Everything Columbia and then also to, um, uh, what's the company? Not Patagonia, but um, damn, what's North that company? Face. No, not North Face. I mean, North Face actually might be important too, but it's another one. They make the, they make a, like a lot of the uh, Southwestern print. Um, oh, uh, Peloton, Peloton, Pendleton, Pendleton, yes, yes, Pendleton, Pendleton, Pendleton. Matter of fact, there's a Pendleton ready to cop Peloton. <laughs> I do shoot. That actually would be dope. But um, so when I was coming back from Portland, we'll talk about Portland maybe you know later. But so when I was coming back from Portland and you re-enter Washington, right? Like you get through Vancouver. What's the name of that little town? Um, it's past Cam- Camus. But once you're getting up there, they actually have a little um, outlet store. There's a Pendleton outlet store right there. Ooh, I got to hit that, bro. I, I, yeah. You know me, man. I love that I Southwestern. It's like, like maybe like an hour south of me in Tacoma. Yeah, I love I love that. I love that print. I, they have a, um, a Pendleton store inside of the Portland airport. Um, and they had a wallet, and I almost bought the wallet. And it's, I always had like a bad habit of like seeing something that I want, but not necessarily getting it. It's it's not one of those things where it's like I feel like I absolutely have to have it, but it's something that I like. Man, you did really like that, and then of course you end up going back, and it's just like, oh, that was like a seasonal option or whatever. It's not like a, it's not a product or something like that that's always going to be available. And so I was right. kicking myself because the wallet was just like hard, you know what I'm saying? But. Did yeah, you do I, any I Pendleton Air Force Ones, G-Rock? Nah, man, Josh, the, the, and I'll tell Senator because he may not know this either, man, but I have nothing against Air Force Ones. I think it's a classic, iconic model. Um, 1982 is a very special year for me and Senator. That's the year that we were born. Um, mm-hmm. But I have not, my last Air Force One was, a, was actually, the, my last Air Force One purchase was actually a Nike ID. But, bro, this mug was back in 2012. 
back when they had the elephant uh, print option and everybody was like making Supreme Dunk Air Force Ones. Oh uh, yeah, I remember you posting that one. Yeah, yeah. that's the bro, that's the last. I promise you, bro. On God, you know, what I'm saying G A W D. You know, what I'm saying that's the last pair of Air Force Ones I cop. You know, what I'm saying I I like Air Force Ones, but it's just like I just I don't know. It's just it's something that I could appreciate. It's almost like a phone posit. Um, it's something that I could appreciate. I have one pair, but for whatever reason, it's just not something that that pulls me where and same thing with the Jordan 11 I like the Jordan 11 and I've had pairs and I just sold them because I was like I'd never wear them um and the Air Force One is not necessarily in that same space but because I've seen Abdul got a pair of Air Force Ones that came out originally I think in the UK it got a gum bottom like a tumbled leather upper white leather and the swoosh is like lime green with a or maybe it's a royal blue swoosh with like a lime green trim Oh my God, them joints is so clean. I almost bought a pair off of off, off StockX, but then I'm at the point now in my life and my age where I'm like, before I buy it, I have that, that talk with myself. Like, bro, do you really, really like, are you getting this because you wouldn't mind having it or are you getting it because you absolutely want it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then when I'm being honest with myself, I'm like, if you never get that pair of shoes, will you will you be okay in life? And the and the answer a lot of times is yes. You'll you'll be perfectly fine. So I just I didn't spend that money. Um, but to answer your question, I didn't. But I did do a Pendleton, uh, tear Humara in 2018. We were still living in Switzerland, and them all of us is cold. I say that sound hard. Them, them sound all of us is cold. <laughs> them hoes is hard. And the crazy thing is the the. The pattern, or the the yeah the the um, pattern and the fabric that they had when they first launched it, like I didn't create them like the day that they went live. Like I probably created them like a couple of weeks and didn't even know I was just on Nike Nike.com at the time. It was like I think I created them in like November December 2018 on a mm-hmm. Sunday, and so I was like, oh snap! Like anybody that know me know I love like the Nike ACG like trail hiking shoes trainers like that's that's my thing. And so I designed them, but they had a fabric that was available when they first launched. Ah, I'm gonna send y'all a picture. Um, text y'all a picture when we get off. And y'all be yeah, like, shoot that even, y'all gonna be like, yeah, yeah, that fabric is hard. So I did not answer your question. Hella long winded um answer, but I did not do an Air Force One, but I did the uh, tear humara. Uh, Senator, do you? Yes, sir. Do you find yourself like being depressed out there with that weather? Uh, I haven't gone through that yet. I mean. I hope I don't go through it, but right now I don't expect to go through it this year. I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, because everything is so new. So it's just like the excitement of just being here and new places and new things to do. And and I'm busy, you know, I'm kind of on my grind. So yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm in the headspace for that. Um, plus, I've kind of gone through depression before so <laughs> and came out of it, man. So I'm a little bit, I think I'm a little bit in a better space, period, just in general. Yeah, good, man. I always hear people being depressed out there. And someone was telling me a story how um, they people convince themselves that they love it out there. And then, like, they end up moving away. And then they'd be like, oh, I couldn't stand all the rain. Like, I couldn't take it. So I just thought I'd ask. Yeah, I mean, people do talk about having strategies out here for, you know, that. And yeah. the other thing, though, and have so many places to go. And once you cross over the Cascades and you're in eastern Washington or eastern Oregon, the climate is totally different. It's dry out there. You know what I'm saying? So you can kind of find different ways and different places to get away. Um, and of course, you just soak up those days when it isn't raining, you know, and you get out there. Yeah. It may not be super sunny like you 
may want it to be or what you might be used to from the South or another place. Um, you just get out there, man. I think getting active is the big thing, man, whether it's going on walks because there's so many beautiful places like parks and different things to do yeah, or, yeah. you know, exercise or just whatever your thing is. I think you have to do that and keep yourself motivated. But I, I could imagine if you were stuck in your crib and you could barely see the sun and it was just gray for four months. Yeah, <laughs> that sucks. Man. That sucks. So well, I want to take a moment right here. I want to take a moment to apologize to the both of y'all. Uh, earlier this week, or maybe even a couple of days, uh, I reached out to Josh and Senator through our uh, amazing group chat and pretty much told them in so many words that they need to listen to the Young Thug album. I myself mm-hmm. had not listened to it yet. Um, I planned on listening to it. I believe it was Friday, the day that it came out. I did not get a chance to check it out in its entirety until today, which is uh, October 17th, Sunday. And I want to apologize to you guys for putting you guys through that. I do. <laughs> yeah, well... I. I want to apologize because I was like, I think, you know, going off the album title, he's definitely talented. So I'm not hating, hating at all. Um, Lyrically, that's not most people aren't listening to him because of his lyrics. So I wasn't that wasn't an expectation. But as far as the artistry, the name of the album, the amazing NPR performance with the live band, I really thought that he was going to go in that space. And when it was just, it was highly underwhelming. It was like, and I hate to use this as an example, but it's highly relatable to people listening to y'all on the phone. I uh, get a chance to listen to a lot of albums in their entirety in the car, which is the best place to listen to an album if you guys don't know. Not y'all, but people listening. Um, and so my son sleep, and I let him do an hour, hour 15 minute nap. So I'm literally just riding around on the expressway listening to music. And bro, I look at the track list like, man, when is over and this mug was like at track 18 and it was like i was in church you know when you you ready for church the, ser- the sermon to be over and he says something and you know he getting ready to close and you're just like yes like you you know you can't be seen <laughs> celebrating it but you've been waiting on that closing because it's like bro i'm hungry uh, i'm getting bored or i'm tired or whatever and that's how it was with the album and you know there were a few songs that was just like okay these are okay but not one song that made me want to like instantly listen to it again and I just feel like that's just that's not a good sign when you're listening to brand new music. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I want to apologize to y'all, man, because that just I mean, Senator, I know you had expressed that, you know, once you listen to it, that it wasn't good. And I think his last album, or at least so much fun, which came out in 2019. That was a, that was a fun album. That was a fun listening to that album in August of 2019. And I was like, OK, cool. This is this is what he does. But, you know, thinking that he was going to go into a punk you know, inspired genre of music, especially with the live band and like the the drums and the guitars. Yeah, Travis like, Barker. This, this yeah, Travis really Barker good. with him. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was Travis Barker, but yeah, you just confirmed yeah, it, Travis yeah, Barker, yeah. and I'm just like, I was like, damn, man. So I, I don't want to be the dead horse and just talk in circles, man. But I just want to apologize to y'all, man, because I listened to them up today, and I was just like, I was so happy when it was ending because I was just like, thank you. I was sixteen 20, 20, 20, tracks, 20, 20 songs, twenty. 20, it's, no, 20 I'm saying six, I'm saying sixteen of them are skippable. Oh, okay. So he sixteen of them instantly skippable. <laughs> the first, the first song is cool. It sounds exactly the way it sounded when he did Tiny Desk. 
The second song is probably to me the best song on there. That's the one with J. Cole does J. Cole. Yeah. And then there's maybe one somewhere buried in that just stream farming click. Did you like the Drake and Travis Scott? No, that shit sucked. Uh I I'm telling you, I just skipped through. I skipped through so much of that album. The only song that I stopped for was again the very last song because Mac Miller did his thing. Like that was I was actually that was a good Mac Miller verse. And it was great because Young Thug is on it for like 20 seconds and then the rest of it is just Mac Miller. Hmm. Yeah. I, I just I just wanted to you know start off with that, man. Just yeah, you know, just, just I, let y'all know. I I love Young Thugs or some of Young Thugs features because that way too sexy verse is trash. Um but and I always expect him to take it to another level on his projects, but it never hits for me. Um I want him to be produced. I want him to get in with like uh, a Pharrell or a, a, a Swiss Beats mate or somebody that's going to EP his album. Maybe that they don't produce every song, but they executive produce it and and they really have some say so and really push him to the next level. I think Thug has it in him to make that next level project, but I think he just needs some some type of extra push with it. And a lot of these artists follow such a strict formula where they're not even challenging themselves. Because you got to think for a lot of them who came from the gutter and came from the streets, they've already won. The fact that they made it and they've been able to make millions of dollars, put put themselves and their families and their children in better positions. So I agree with you. I think that having somebody that's going to sit down and say, hey, bro, fly out. Let's lock in for a month or whatever. It's a couple of weeks. However, that I don't know how that works, right? But let's lock in. Let me play some beats for you. Maybe let me even create some from scratch for you. And let's yeah. work together and officially collaborate. Let me critique you. We ain't gonna necessarily have 50 million niggas and a bunch of groupies in the in the in the studio. Like let's let's lock in laser focus and like create an album together. I think a lot of people need to do that, but let's, you know, let's stay on topic with, with, with Thug. I, I, I agree with you. I think he definitely has more in him, but I think he fall victim to what a lot of people fall victim to is just like, yo, let me just play it safe. Let me not have to do homework and prepare and stuff like that. Let me show up to the studio, you know, either sober or high or under something or whatever, and just literally just say whatever comes to mind over beats. And he has such a unique voice. He's clearly able to get away with a lot of not saying saying anything meaningful a lot of times because of how it sounds. It's not what necessarily what he's saying, it's how it sounds. That's one of the reasons why people love him so much is because how he sounds. Um with you. I want to ask you too, um you said something about you um you're a fan of his features. What's what's your favorite young thug feature or at least what's one of your what's one of your favorite ones that comes to mind? Um, Maria, I'm drunk is my absolute favorite. Offer, I need to listen to that again. Um, I know that's a that's a Travis, Travis Scott joint, right? Yeah, yep, that's um, a Travis Scott one. Is G? Am I breaking up too, Senator? Now you sound fine to me. Okay. G-Rock, yeah, you sound fine to me as well. You're breaking up to me a little bit, G Rock. I am. Okay. Let me know. I'll move around. Move around okay, in, but, in the same area. Um, 
Senator's favorite Young Thug feature is off of uh, More Life. It's called Sacrifices. Okay. Yeah, that's his. Like she, I talk to feet like me. Yeah, that's 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 Senator's favorite. Like me. Uh, I don't think I have a. I don't know that I have a favorite Young Thug feature, but um, one of my favorite Young Thug features is definitely uh, also a Travis Scott feature, uh, Mama Sita. Mm-hmm. With Rich Homie Quan. That's that's top five Travis Scott song, by the way. That's that's Definitely. one of the ones. Definitely. Um I got a question for y'all while we are on the topic of uh talking about Drake and more life. It has nothing to do with this this came across my mind yesterday or the day before yesterday, and I'm sure this conversation has been held before, but I just want to ask y'all, um Drake sold uh to be clear, did 613,000 album sales first week, right? Yep. Uh, Drake, massively popular global artist with 94.5 million followers on Instagram. The album features big names like Lil Baby, Lil Durk, Jay-Z, Travis Scott, Future, Young Thug, uh, 21 Savage, Ty Dolla Sign, Lil Wayne, Rick Ross, Kid Cudi. Um, when you look at those first week numbers, how how is that translating? How is that making sense? Like, can we have a conversation about that? If you guys have thought about that, how does how does an artist that big with 94 million followers, with other superstars on the album who have millions of followers, uh, the entire internet and social media? which is millions and millions and millions of people talking about the album. How does the album only, and I'm not disrespecting 613,000, but somebody that has this connect, connection to millions and millions and millions and millions of people, I then say only, how does, a, how does the album only do 613 album sales in the first week? Nothing is for sale anymore. It's all about streams. So, Actuality. Then that it's makes it even more questionable because you didn't have to go to Target, you didn't have to go to Best Buy, you didn't have to go to Walmart to physically buy the album. It's all streaming. But it broke. I mean, it, it, it's the most. It has the biggest first week streaming numbers ever, so it broke that record. But when you're just converting streams to sales, in actuality, you know what this is. I think the music industry doesn't want artists to seem bigger than they are. Because when you're saying Drake broke the all-time streaming record for first week album ever, and he only does 600,000, like, that's that's really not directly um, translating his impact. Well, they're sales. using an old measurement, and you're right to that extent. And the reason why they use that old measurement is because they're talking about, okay, this is what it translates into sales. But if they use the measurement of streams right then artists would start saying well hold on i make i'm doing billions on billions and billions of streams even off of just one song that's the whole reason why i create albums that are just like these playlists of just stream farm right kind of just poppy singles or whatever seeing what's hit or miss and drake is the king of that if an artist really was to say, man, here's billions, there's billions of people listening to my music. My music is being played billions of times. I should get a higher percentage of the cut. Yep. But, and, and everyone would see it. Everyone would start to consider and think about those numbers 
in that that and what that would look like for perpetuity because it's not like god's plan all of a sudden went away and stopped getting listened to or that we no longer count those streams those streams keep racking up yep Imagine if Drake, if the world keeps spinning, you know, if Jesus hasn't come back or whatever, and Drake dies, those God's plan and all his catalog just zooms. Billions, his stuff will be in the trillions. Mm-hmm. What does that really translate into in terms of money and an artist's real value? So they love to talk about album sales, like to Josh's point, because it doesn't seem like an artist is, is as huge as they are, and it doesn't reveal the trick math of the algorithm and what that really means of an artist's impact globally and perpetually. Yeah. Artists should be making millions and millions of dollars. Even if you're an artist that has a catalog of a hit song from the 80s, think about how much, um, what's the boy they, uh, Drake uh, sampled um, Way Too Sexy from? What's his name again? Right, um, said Fred. Yep. How much did the original now get? He's got that's that's if it was really to translate into the money and the amounts of millions of streams that his song had, man, he should be making millions of dollars. And that's for perpetuity. But that means that the record label in the industry would have to give more power and more wealth and more credit and more value to the people who are really doing the work, which are the artists themselves who are influencers. And really, when they start thinking about it, that Spotify ain't nothing but another YouTube for me to self-publish myself, man, you just get, why do we need record labels to begin with? Then you start questioning the whole machine. Yep, that's always the final question. Why do I right. need them anyway? Right, because if, if Spotify would go ahead. No, I'll say I agree. I agree with the conversation. Um, so so I just want to make sure I'm following to say that it's it's safe to say, or the assumption is that he clearly did way more numbers, but they they can't let them know the real numbers. Yes, that's correct. If you think it, it, just doesn't make screen. sense to me, bro. It it doesn't like it hit me, and I was like, bro. And again, I'm using Drake because he's the biggest artist. This uh, this applies for. Hell, even Meek Mill, right? Meek Mill has millions of followers right. and only sold 95,000 first week. And I'm not comparing them in, in, from, a, from an artist standpoint, but it's like those followers and numbers and impact never seem to measure up. Or mm-hmm. like y'all are saying, they actually did do more numbers, but the label can't let them know how much their music is being listened to because then they would have to have different conversations and rene- renegotiations and they would just see... They're worth before artists like Drake, you know, Drake and a couple of other people or whatever. It's just like, bro, you're Drake. You're right. You're Drake. You're Drake. So you you know, you know how massive you are when it comes to this music. You know your listener base. You know it's global. You know social media, TikToks and Instagrams and Snapchats and Twitters. That's all they're talking about. That's all that's in the videos and the reels and the videos and the music reviews on YouTube. It's all you, bro, when you drop music. When you used to get 613,000, like, bro, how? How is that not e- easily yeah. a million to it? Because they always put so much emphasis. I know back in the day when you physically had to go buy an album, yeah. But like in the streaming era, how is that not two million on a on a min- on a bare minimum? You mean to tell me two million people wasn't tapped into the equivalent of stream to album sales? The first? come on, well, don't lying. forget now. But don't forget now, Gerard, every week for the past four weeks, his album has still appeared in the top 10. I think oh, no it's doubt. been number no one. Doubt. It was number no one. Doubt. And it's still, 
And I don't think it's done less than 90,000 each one of those weeks. Yeah, and I think he's about to have number one again, like, tomorrow or, the, or, or yeah, right. this, this next week. Yeah. Or whatever. So I'm not yeah. doubting that people aren't listening to the music. It's just like, it. I don't know, I was on my way to sleep or something, and I was just like, how does that make sense, though? Like, he'll they'll drop a music video, and it's just like, oh, cool, my, my music video is... 60 million views in, in 24 hours but then the album comes out that you know everybody wants to listen to and they don't have to physically buy the album they're all streaming it on Spotify or freaking uh, Tidal or Apple Music it just I, I don't know I just, just want to ask y'all that question man because it's just that well, yeah no I agree with you but that's what I'm saying they should do away with the whole machine if Spotify and all of the music streaming applications just like we're recording via Anchor and doing Spotify, we're self-publishing ourselves. Imagine if any band, any rapper just said, oh, we can easily do it. And you can. I mean, it's really that simple. And you just upload it to those things. Then what do you need them for? You can mm -hmm. just sit there and watch the numbers go up. Yep. Now, the question is, how then do artists broker with these huge applications to get their money? Who, who, who pays you? How do you get paid? Because that means then Spotify got to break off some of that $9.99 that all of these millions of people are paying. I mean, but they're already paying a record label, so... I but that's what I'm saying. Right, exactly. So you get them out the way and that money goes to the artists is what you're saying. Yep, yep. It should. In a perfect world. But... If they make the charts just pure streaming, like compiled of all the services all together, would Drake having the 48 billion streams first week, like, I wonder how many streams the second album that week had all together. Maybe it right. would have looked so absurd. And maybe that's why they don't want to do that, because then, like, Drake's value, Drake's value goes through the roof. Right, if you're like, like that's the number this week, and the second person did this. What, what, like, give me more money? What are you talking about? But it also creates a public opinion war because that think too, about right, it yep. if Drake and Kendrick were to come out at the same time and they were publishing string numbers, just pure string numbers, and even if they did it separately, like you watch in the stock market, so you have the Dow Jones, that would be Spotify, and then you got the NASDAQ, and that's um you know, Apple or whatever, and you got Tidal here and you got whatever, YouTube, um, you know, and you can see the numbers. And But then it's like, okay, well, if Kendrick isn't doing as high, everybody can see those numbers, but like, let's rush and just like do a pure week of just like nothing but Kendrick, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And push, <laughs> and push the numbers up. They, again, the industry doesn't want to relinquish that type of control and just put it purely, some people would call that chaos, but that's just pure democracy. That's pure, unfettered, you know, laissez-faire democratic rule of, of music. Yeah. But then yeah. you start to wonder, but then here, let me just say this last point, but then you start to wonder if there's no industry that's getting paid and that's, you know, um, kind of rewarding itself with these academies and institutes and awards and, and, you know, all of that, then what's the point of posting the stream numbers anyway? Like an artist would get their bag regardless of you know, and if you so promote as well, so people know you or they don't. Yeah. So then the numbers don't really even matter like that anyway. 
Yeah. It's all the way. Remember the whole reason why they show the numbers is a matter of influencing you anyhow. But if they're not in control, then we don't need them to tell us what's cool or what's hot. Right. We don't need them to tell us who the number one artist is and what everybody's listening to. Who cares? Yeah. Meek Mill said, who cares? Who cares about the numbers? Because when he's in the streets, that's all people is listening to is his new album. Uh, that's Cap. See, that's Cap. That's, that's a 10-gallon from Texas, Cap. You can't play the numbers game when you're up and then try to discredit them when you're down. Like, it just shows hypocrisy. Like, if it wasn't about the numbers, never talk about them. You know what I mean? Whether they're good or bad. Well, it's also capped because no one is riding around listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, I mean, he that's, that's he he said that. I'm not even being funny. He said that he was he did an interview with a uh, complex, and that came up because he's supposed to be a numbers guy, right? Like you said, Josh, don't don't brag about the numbers when they high, but then when they low, try to discredit it. Yep. If you don't truly don't care about numbers, which is why I think that line about Drake was so corny. Drake's out, Drake has a, a a number of corny lines, but when the, on one of those songs he was talking about, is it no friends in the enemy? No, no friends in the enemy. No friends in the industry. I think something something better not make it about the numbers though. Yeah, but it's like, bro, that's that's what you, you're a numbers guy. What are you talking about? You you are the numbers guy, right? Like your whole I'm, career is built off of your numbers. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you're. That the numbers means that you haven't put out good music. I'm no, I'm not saying no, that. No, no, no. But you I have... thought that was him like punking somebody. That's him jumping folks off and saying you don't want to make it about the numbers, though. Oh, no, I thought he was. I thought he was. Yeah, if you're trying to battle me, he's like, nah, you don't want to make it about the numbers, though. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I misinterpreted then because I thought he was saying like basically, I'm the goat. Don't say don't don't say I'm only the goat just because of the numbers. That's what I took it. That's what I thought he was saying. Like nigga, I'm 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 the goat. I'm the greatest nigga because I'm the illest. Don't even include the numbers in the conversation. That's that's how I took it. Oh god, you giving, okay. you giving Drake a um, you giving Drake a false double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe so. That's that what I thought he was saying. I thought he was just trying because you know clearly in his mind he's still wanting to have a seat at that hip hop purist table. Yeah. So it's like, nigga, when I do say I'm the GOAT, don't hold me to that just because of the numbers, nigga, because take the numbers away, nigga. I still rap better than all y'all niggas. No, I think like, that was him being a realist and saying, look, I may not be the dopest rapper, but you don't want to make it about the numbers. Oh, OK. Well, that's that's even that makes it even corny. Well, I, or that I am the GOAT because and you don't want to make it about the numbers, though, because I you know, because the numbers speak for themselves. It's clearly I'm the GOAT. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I think that was definitely his little shot at Kendrick and even Kanye at the same time. Yeah. And push. I mean, he could put that against anyone. Yeah, he could any any anybody in rap. No one's doing more numbers than him. So fuck number shit all day. And there's nothing you can say because yeah. And I, I do I do think that now with six hundred and thirteen, uh, because damn did like 600 I, i'll fact check right now but i, I want to say damn did like six hundred and three thousand. i i actually do think this kendrick album can best drake i, I told y'all that before the numbers even came out i think yeah, this kendrick album that. could actually yeah. best i think it could best them you did say that after such a hiatus i i agree with you but 
give us a shot in the arm or something. Like, give, give us something to be excited about, Kendrick. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he gave people um, the keen features. Um, highly memeable, especially uh, top of the morning. Like, I, everywhere I go, that's that's all over the internet. So he was very strategic. And that makes sense, though, because I think he's very, very strategic when it comes to who he features, who he does features with, and how he approaches the feature. Like, he knows that the Keem audience is a very young audience, and they're listening to, you know, the Playboy Cardis and the Uzi Verts and the Young Thugs, and that's not super serious music. It's fun, lighthearted music. So for him to just have that, literally to put that on there for it to, to, to become an internet meme, and now it's like people are just using that sound on, on TikToks and and. and, and around with just that sound because it's just it, it's so like crazy to come from him but it's just like hella catchy and then it's just like you find yourself just saying that well top of the morning top of the morning let's get this shit let's get this shit so it's like I think that was just him feeding the streets a little I won't even call it feed the streets I think that was just him giving people an offering and letting them know that they were coming and then of course he was way more um, lyrical and strategic on the uh, what's the what's the record What's the other one? Not not the Range uh, Brothers. Range the, Brothers. Um, no, not Range Brothers. What's the other one? Family Ties. Family Ties, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that's the one where he was just like, all right, nigga, hey, I'm coming. Um, and I did fact check it. Uh, Damn did 603,000 first week. So 10,000 less than, than the highly anticipated certified lover boy. I do think it's highly possible that he can best Drake. And I don't know how Drake is going to. Um, yeah, that albums, Go ahead. Um, albums, albums sold more back when Damn dropped as well, though. You got to remember that. People bought more. Like, I'm sure that's 603,000. I'm sure a, a larger amount of that were physical copies than it would be today. Yes, that that is true. But I also think because of streaming now, I think that has become so common that we'll still see. And remember, Kendrick is is also good at having great, poppy, catchy songs as well. I mean, all he needs is another humble video, all of a sudden splash, come back, and that shit's going to break the damn internet. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like people rushed out to buy Drake's album either. And it's not even that his album is selling so well because it in its in its entirety it's good. It's that those four songs, "Way Too Sexy," uh, "Knife Talk," uh, "Girls, Girls, Girls," or whatever, "Girls Who Like Girls,", girls or something. Want, yeah, "Girls Want Girls," whatever, whatever, and um, the bridal path. Because of those songs getting streamed so often, the sales can go up. Remember, you don't have to stream the whole album for the album to count. You just need one song. Correct. Yeah. So then that's what I'm saying. So if Kendrick does that, then, I mean, it's it's very, very easy to see that just making a splash right away. And it doesn't matter about physical copies. You know, he can rack those numbers. I think people are just used to streaming music now. That that four, five-year gap since it's been is also giving people a chance to get adjusted to this new way of consuming musical music content. Yep. And that just goes to my point, which makes it even of it being a possibility that if he did that when people were buying albums and it's like oh well we all pretty much stream now like I'm gonna still buy the album off iTunes and if there's a physical just you know I mean they're just out of habit right but majority of the people is going to 
you know, their preferred streaming service and they're going to stream this album just like everybody's streaming Squid Game on Netflix. That's just what we do. And so, like I said, he did that in two, in 2017. It's been a, he hadn't dropped the album since then. Like, I, I really, really think he's going he's going to best him. Um, and that's that's going to be it's going to be interesting. But it's got to be good, though. I mean, he's got to strike it hot. Yeah. You know, they're I mean, not making about the numbers, though. yeah well i mean he's but but i mean kendrick's lead single has to be hot and that's where i think josh was bringing in was that he's got to give us something i mean this is coming i think we all know that that has to happen that has well it has to happen this year too like well i mean not the people not that there would be a disappointment if it came next year but i think people want that mug like before the end of this year for sure i think it's coming i think we're getting it next month I think Josh, you know what I'm saying? I think Josh actually may have the blueprint down to a T with the, uh, was it Day in Vegas or Life is Beautiful? Yeah, because this has got something going on too. She's got like four or five uh, shows coming up that are all sold out, apparently. Yeah, of course. It's Sizzle. She's, yeah. yeah. She's, she's selling out anything she puts. But I, 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 I think I, we need to talk about her the album. Yeah, I think we are getting the album this year. And I think, to y'all's point, whatever we get, is going to be explosive both musically and visually. Like all people are going to be talking about, they're going to be super dumb excited. It's going to be some crazy quotables. It might be some shots or a line, just like the smoking on the top five where everybody was in their feelings about that and people was talking and it's just, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's going to come, you know, saying top of the morning, like a combination of those things where it's like, bro, this all niggas is talking about followed up by something else. And then before you know it, it's the album and we know how he approaches albums um, it's been this long. It's like no one's questioning. It's, it's a possibility because he's human, but no one's even thinking he's gonna put out a bad album. You know what I'm saying? Because um, you've had all this time to perfect it, and we know how well you've been able to craft albums in the past. Yep. But also, that means it has to live up to the hype as well. So it can't just be alright either. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be. Last album on TDE, I think it's going to be, yeah. And if not, then it's just like what you said. Like, he eventually ran, ran not necessarily ran his course, but either he started believing in his own hype or he, this is where we start to see him go downhill, which is also very possible. Um, I don't think so, but it's possible, too. I'm not, like, completely, oh, it could never happen. Like, come on. Now, he's still, he's still human. He's amazing, but he's still human. But I really think it's going to be, like, an explosive bomb. And he's going to push himself uh, from an artistic standpoint, reinvent himself. Uh, like you were saying, Senator, I was listening to a previous episode of ours with the um, amazing brother. Like all that, I think everything is going to tie in. Y'all know my my conspiracy around the Western and the, the, the bad boy type stuff. Like I think all of it is going to make sense and it's going to sound good musically. They're going to do what they do with the visuals. You know, at this point, he's gonna go end up going on tour because everybody and their mom is back touring, and um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a nuclear bomb. Shit. Okay, yeah, we got high, but, high, high hopes. He's got high. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, that just happened. No, nah, we did not. So, how y'all feel about uh, this, him being with? Dre and everybody else is the Super Bowl. I told y'all how I feel, man. It's I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much. 
I don't want to say steal. I'm just, I don't fuck with the NFL. So seeing that shit, you know, so I feel like I get it. You know what I'm saying? Kendrick is a, is a, is a mega superstar. Clearly he has uh, close ties to Dr. Dre. Um, so I don't want to say he necessarily had to do it, but maybe he had to do it. But I definitely would have rather seen him stand on the stance of being like, fuck the NFL too. But that's a kind of again, but you don't know what he's going to do. Whatever he does, you're right, because it's going to bring money and attention to the Super Bowl. But you never know. He could use that platform to really try to say something. So let's see how he uses the platform. We know he's getting the bag. And we know it doesn't. It's not the hugest resistance because you're giving money to the beast as well. But what are you going to do and say with this platform, right? I think Beyonce proved that you can do something as well, right, um, with yeah. that platform and still have a message. So we'll see. Yeah, man. Um, though, I mean, I know I, I started off the conversation with a with, with an apology and a question, but I'm going to fall back. I know a couple things got brought up while we were talking, and if y'all want to shift the conversation to to a specific space. Well, I've got some just some questions that I've written down and we don't have to go through all of them. Um, but I've got one because it was a lot of kind of what I was doing while I was away in Portland, um, doing introspection and, of course, spending time in seminary and learning and uh, just kind of exploring myself, but also exploring spiritual thoughts. And one of the things that we talked a lot about was getting to know ourselves and our personality types, right? Trying to discover and understand our true selves as a way to also better understand God, right? To know God is to know yourself and vice versa. Um, So what do y'all think about personality types? Have you ever taken a personality test? Or even, even some people could kind of think that zodiac signs in a way also kind of define your personality as well. What do y'all think about the idea of personality types or tests? I've never taken um, a personality test. I'm not super big on um, zodiac. Like I'm not like deep into it. I don't read a horoscope, but I do think that there are a lot of similarities with people who are born around the same time. Like I've just found that not necessarily to be fact, but I have seen it happen enough times to be like, oh, wow, there's some truth there. Like I don't get super deep into the root and the meaning and I I honestly don't even understand it. Um, And there's probably a spiritual component to that that has had other words and stuff like that put on it. But um, yeah, I, I never, I've never taken a personality test, but you know, my my first time really tapping into uh, Zodiac and just like having like my mind blown. I was uh, I feel like I just told this too, but I was I was dating a young lady and I just couldn't figure out like her personality. To your point, and it was like, yo, we we're both like grown, grown in our thirties and just trying to like communicate. Like I'm big on communicating, and it's very easy for me. And I'm talking about like the kindergarten first grade level of community. I like you. I want to spend more time with you. I'd like to see you again. Like that type stuff. That's very easy for me to do. And I thought that that was just super easy for all adults to do. But apparently, not everybody. So anyways, I can't figure this young lady out after dating for some months. And so I Google 
her uh, birthday. And I, I forgot whatever sign it was, but I just read like the description. And I remember I was I was in my apartment in Stockbridge, and it was like right before I was going to bed. But I like sat up in the bed because I was like, "Holy shit!" This mug literally just read her like a freaking like like a book. It was just crazy. Like good person, like not a bad person at all, but just the things that it said. Like, okay, this person is this type of person. They really like these things, and then they struggle with these things. I was like, wow. So, okay. so, so, so give us some details, G. Right? Give us some details. What were what What did you read? What did you see? Are you afraid that this might release that person's identity? I mean, I don't know. But, no, you know, not not at all. I don't think that they would even be listening. And if they are, it's not like it just is what it is. I was just trying to just, I was just trying to learn you. You feel me? Um, let me, let me pull this mug up. I, I, I wish I could read like the exact horoscope. So it says, okay, that is a Aquarius is the sign. Uh-huh. What month? This is January 26th. January 26th is the birthday. And I forgot like exactly what it said, but it was just like, yo, it's a very caring, driven person. Uh, a very loving person, but they often have difficulties being able to express and communicate and find frustration and not being able to communicate. And it was just like, they can be uh, very like closed in when they're confused. And it was just, it, it was just like, it, it made so much sense. And that was the very first mm. time that I had ever really looked up Zodiac besides my own, which I'm born in September and I'm a Virgo. So I just was out of curiosity, like what what's, What's said about the Virgo, and let me see if I even like align with any of this, any of these characteristics. But when I read hers, I was like, "Oh, again, that didn't convert me into a believer." Where I'm reading like daily horoscopes and all this type stuff, and and there's all this stuff now. Like, what's your your sun sign, your sun and your moon, and I I don't know. It gets deep. <laughs> you know, were you born in the morning? Were you born in the morning? Were you born in the evening? I don't know. Like, but Mercury all I know. Yeah, my point is when I read her joint, I was like, "Holy crap, this is her!" But hold on, this is her. But you said you also read your own as a Virgo. What did you see about yourself? Did you also see truth about yourself? And what were some of those characteristics that hit home? No, I don't think that. You know, I was up right now just to see exactly, but I don't think I ever read Virgo. Like I've seen people say stuff about like Virgo characteristics, whether it be Twitter or like memes or quotes and stuff. And it's like certain things. That I'm what like, they okay, cool. I can identify with, with that. Right. Like, you know, basically if you down for somebody, you down for them, you know what I'm saying? Like you, it's easy to cut somebody off that you, you know what I'm saying? Pursued and, 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 and giving your energy. And then like, when you finally done, it's easy for you to be done because you, you, you've done all you need. You, you've done all you can do. Um, you know, things like that that I um, have been able to identify. And I'm about to just pull stuff up right now so I can see. I'm about um, to do it right now, too. Because, I, again, to just show you how much I'm not, like, into this stuff. But I had to, like, use that example when it comes to personality because I just couldn't figure her out. And it was just, it was weird. Like, it was clearly, you know, chemistry. And I knew that there was, like, great interest. But just the communication part was just super weird. And I'm like, bro, we're grown, like. It's like you have to pull this mug out, and I just couldn't understand it. Um, but yeah, that that's that's by here we go real quickly. Story. I'm gonna read the traits of um of a Virgo man, uh, and then Josh, I'd love for you to weigh in on personality types, zodiac, or whatever. Here are the traits of a Virgo man. If you want a problem solver in your life, Virgos can be the best picks. They always guide you in the right way. 
ground to earth because of being an earth sign, whatever that means. Josh said he lost us, by the way. I see that. I don't know how okay. that works if I'm if I'm able to. Yeah, because that's read. oh, it seems like he got back. Yeah, I'm back. Oh, yeah, he's I? back in. Cool. Perfect. 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 So you was reading the you was reading the Virgo joint, and Josh, he was saying he wanted you to uh chime in on this personality conversation too after he reads this Virgo male characteristic description. Okay, bet. They are mutable. So uh, I'll say this again for Virgos. If you want a problem solving your life, best picks. They always guide you in the right way. They are ground to earth because of being an earth sign, whatever that means. They are mutable and thus get along with most of the people, but they let very few people come near them, making it hard for others to know what's running in a Virgo man's mind. Their yeah, ultimate goal is that. to be their ultimate goal is to be in a clean and organized environment. Mm-hmm. Thus, they stay away from clumsy people who lack basic hygiene habits. They put their maximum efforts in, effort, in everything. This is because they want things to be correct and right in the very first try. They keep their affairs private and expect the same from their partners. In, ge- in general, a Virgo man's personality is a great mixture of efficiency and deep care. Do you see anything that relates to yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, I would. Um, not every specific thing, but overall, I, would, I don't know that I'm a problem solver. Um, I try, but I would not just describe myself as a problem solver. Like with within some type of situation, clearly, but I wouldn't be like, "Hey, go to Gerard. He's he's your man. <laughs> you need you need help solving that problem. Go to him." Like I I wouldn't say that it was me, but definitely like the private part. Like I'm super low key, incognito. Like and I'm so like opposite from um, my girl in that situation. Like you know what I mean? Like she. It's not necessarily about somebody that necessarily needs to tell all her business, but I'm super, super, super low key and private, and not like I go out my way. It's just naturally how I am. It's like certain things you just don't necessarily need to know, and I like the fact that you don't know everything about you know what I'm saying me and what's going on. And like some people's lives can be a, a open book, especially with social media. Um, and there are things that I share and things that I post, but it's just certain things that I'm just like, you just, there's a question mark there. Um, even when it came down to me living in Stockbridge, I mean, I could, I could probably count on my hand the amount of my friends that even came over there, including, you know, Senator and, you know, uh, Tony and Ivan. It just wasn't a lot of people. Like, I'm not one of those people like, oh, come hang out at my house. I just, hell no. Nah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't, that's my space. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could come through, but I'm not ultra like inviting where it's just like come through and it's like oh well senator you know what i'm saying your gee i'm bringing like four of my home well like, nah, hell no nah, i don't know them niggas like that you can come you know what i'm saying i don't know them niggas like don't bring nobody over to the crib like that just naturally you know what I'm saying how i am so i would definitely um identify, I, I identify strongly with that um and then also too just like if it's something that you if i'm going to get into um and my name is on it then i am going to give it my all because that's just what i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to kill it and I think even when I think about it, how athletic I was growing up, like baseball is something I was just like just naturally really, really good at. But because I was so athletic, I feel like basketball was something else that I could have been really, really good. But because I wasn't just good naturally off the rip, I kind of shied away from it because it's like me giving my all in front of other people and like failing at it was just like it messed with me mentally. I felt like I never truly gave it my all because I just wasn't naturally like I had to practice and get good at it. And there wasn't that desire to even really want to be a basketball player. But I know I could have been a better basketball player, if that makes sense. But it's just like I just didn't naturally do it well. So I kind of just like shied away from it because like in the baseball, I just I just naturally killed this mug. Like I, could, I got aim, 
precision, like all this good stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with that, man. But I, I will hush Josh. So I don't I think I may have taken one like in high school or something, but not like in my adulthood. But I know I'm like more of a like introverted person. Um I do believe in the zodiac. Uh I'm not somebody who like stays up on it or like reads my zodiac every day, but I just have a similar situation to G Rock and it's it's with an Aquarius as well. <laughs> hey brother hell, brother hell. <laughs> but um but yeah, just reading through some of like the like compatibility stuff with like I'm a Pisces and, and that and like relating it to some of the situations we went through and stuff. I, I just be reading like, damn, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And you you just end up being like, wow, like, but um, but yeah, I believe in the zodiac stuff a little bit, man. I definitely believe some of that stuff is true. Well, I mean, definitely for G-Rock, I mean, I think so much of that, those characteristics that we read seem like him. But I would also say that all of these characteristics, they're very general and they're written very general, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, if you take the totality of personalities and just kind of basic natures of people, you can kind of dice those up in any number, whether it's seven or nine or 12 or whatever, and pick some astrological or cosmological reason to attach to it and say, hey, choose one of these that sounds like you and nine times out of 10, they probably will, right? Something will stick. Um, And yet you still say, well, they couldn't control the day I was born, right? Or they couldn't control like the way my personality naturally is. Or some people who do like life path numbers, life path numbers are like a calculation of like your birthday and your social security times two divided by you know, the moon. And <laughs> I don't know. It's, like, it's, you know, but again, a lot of these things, despite their generalities, seem to feel very specific to you. So, for instance, if you don't mind, I'm going to read your horoscope now. Um, Pisces man, preface. Most sensible and sensitive ones to know. Pisces is the last zodiac sign <laughs> and is considered as the oldest among all 12. They are mutable water sign who have a very strong sixth sense. Pisces man personality has a touch of femininity. Mm, Josh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is because of their extremely gentle and caring nature. They are the most romantic of all other Zodiacs, making them the most desirable lovers. Pisces <laughs> are the easiest to decipher and understand. They get along well with almost everyone because of their friendly nature. They are easygoers and love to be around people, but are also not shy to be in isolation if needed. Pisces generally stay away from negative people and situations. It is to secure their energy, which outside negativity can drain. If you have a Pisces friend, you have a great listener right next to you. Pisces are the least judgmental signs of all. They don't listen to your rambles to give a reply. They try to understand and offer help only if needed or asked. They try to avoid disputes of any kind, thus never fall prey to arguments or any fights. But if you get on the nerves of a Pisces, you will never hear from them again. (laughs) 
even outside of like just the Pisces man, like I could agree with a lot of that, even with my wife. Like she one hundred percent like great listener, not gonna judge at all. Like she really is like a, a therapist without a license, to be honest. Like so many yeah. people confide in her, even when they just meet her, because she's just like a great listener and they're just trusting that it's just this, you know, person that they can vent to without feeling shameful about some of the like very personal stuff that people have, have shared with her, even like coworkers that like when I remember when she first got on her job, like this lady was just telling her all about her business. I'm like, bro, why is she telling you that? Like <laughs> telling her the stuff that you don't tell nobody. Cause you know, you ain't even supposed to be out here, you know saying? Riding like that, but just yeah. was just able to confide, you know what I'm saying? So I could even say that from just like from a Pisces woman's standpoint as well. Like that's, that's great. And that's why I have to hold a little weight on that mug because like some of that stuff be like a little too specific and it might not say necessarily like every single zodiac sign is this exact way but it's be some truth to that mug bro definitely, definitely let's get to you senator let's get to you where you at with yours well i was gonna ask josh real quick uh do you feel like you're a desirable lover do you feel like you're extremely <laughs> gentle and caring and romantic and sensitive and, and romantic sensitive. um I think I am uh, sensitive. Um, I definitely think I'm uh, not judgmental at all. Um, am I a desirable lover? I think so, man. I think so. I think so. Hey, never mind. I'm going to keep that off the pot. But yeah. <laughs> Watch yourself. He's like, Rihanna just DM'd me last night, nigga. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think personality, like I said. I what, think, is, what is your, what is your uh, sign? Uh, read it, Senator. Yeah, yeah, read that mug. What's the sign? Read that mug. Uh, yeah, my sign, if we're going with Zodiac signs, which, again, I take with a grain of salt personally, but I'll uh I'll read mine. So I'm a Taurus. Taurus, okay. Somebody, somebody listening to this is saying, mm-hmm, I knew it, child. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> um, Taurus man. But he's always there for you too. Taurus man will exhibit feelings rather than telling you how he feels. He probably won't start a lengthy discussion about feelings or even react to your words of affection. But by bringing flowers or a gift, he can show you how much he loves and cares about you. Taurus man will also be expressing his frustration on the negative side of things at periods when he is not satisfied. He may be very stubborn and may refuse to have a detailed conversation about a problem, instead opting to show he's annoyed with angry and disrespectful shouting or acting. Ooh, dang. Psychopath in his mother. Hold on. <laughs> Taurus is the Zodiac's second sign. And usually being a fixed earth sign, he is more introverted, stubborn, and rational than the other signs. Life is low-key and laid back with this type, not anticipating any PDA or gushy emotions either. But the flip side is that Taurus is one of the most trustworthy signs. He really has your back and reassures you by acts, not words of his love. The Taurus man is certainly a lover, not a warrior. But if you pressure him where he, if you pressure him where it hurts, he can secretly grow a long-held grudge. These guys, yeah, I can secretly grow all right. These guys are, <laughs> and it, trust me, it stays no secret. 
<laughs> These guys are generally very easy to get. You don't encounter the stubbornness of the famous Taurus. He will absolutely not move or offer an inch once he is engraved on a subject. So don't waste your energy trying to force him to see your point of view. Dang, why they make me sound so? Damn, I sound like Donald Trump in his mug. Damn. Yeah, that, that definitely is, is, is the best, um, or isn't the most like uh, impressive description. But how do you how do you uh, relate and identify to any of that, if any? Uh, I do think at times I can be stubborn for sure. Um, I wouldn't say that it's my most prominent trait, but then again, I, I have to let somebody else speak into that. My mom might say otherwise, or some of my girlfriends or exes might say otherwise as well. Um, let's see. I'm not a, per but I see the thing that I don't identify with is that I, I don't mind talking about my feelings at all. Mm, like okay. I, I, I think I'm very kind of like an emotional person. I think I might've struggled with that before, but maybe just because of work that I've done, I think I'm, I'm pretty, I think some people would say I am sensitive and, and emotional, but I, I don't mind expressing emotion either though. Um, and that I don't mind expressing if I'm not satisfied. So that, that part is true. You gonna know if I'm, if I'm upset, you will know. Um, that's the other thing that I don't identify with is like no PDA. I would just, Shoot, I am open to in the park, after dark, in the, <laughs> in the back yeah. seat, in the front seat, at the drive-in. Man, listen. So I don't, you know, that part of it. I'm Usually the descriptions of Tauruses that I read is being very passionate. Stubborn, yes, but also very, very passionate. And I think that's a lot more of who I am than, you know, I would say stubborn. I'd say I'm just a lot more passionate. And that's cool because I don't think that they're always going to be 100% accurate. It's just a lot yeah. of truth to each sign when you start reading it with certain people. And not necessarily every single person that's that sign, but you start to see similarities with people with the same signs. Like, damn, I see that characteristic happen a lot. Like, even with my mom, she's a, a Gemini. And mm -hmm. I never paid attention to uh zodiac signs and stuff like that but then when i started to realize like the characteristic traits of like the gemini like these literally these two sides i'm like holy crap like that explains like the the moodiness and like just the like she's like a great sweet loving person but then there's sometimes there's this side of her where i'm like yo where did that come from like what what is this like what type of energy you are you on right now like how did we go from this to that but it's like it's that sign you know what I'm saying? And again, it's not necessarily every single Gemini acting that same way, but that's a common character. And so that that's just the part that I just could no longer like ignore. Cause I thought for for years, I thought it was just all total like BS. But I'm telling you, that was my encounter with my where I like I was like what Josh was saying, me and him have that that um encounter. Oh holy crap. It was yeah. like you know, I don't want to get deep, but it was like scripture. Cause I'm like, bro, this is too specific. <laughs> like it's mm. too specific, bro. Like Definitely. this mug is just like helping me understand. I'm like, oh, this is this is a personality type thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? That was like, it was frustrating for me. It's like it would have been a clash if that would have gone further. Because I'm like, bro, I don't, I'm too thorough when it comes to communicating and saying like simple things of what we're doing. Like, what are we doing, bro? I'm coming out here. You gonna scoop me up? Shit. Let's do something like you know what I mean. Like that's to me, that's just simple. Yeah, 
I think it, I think as long as you don't hold too much like word for word truth to them, they could definitely be useful. Like um, someone even told me, like even with dealing with your kids, you should probably look theirs up. You know what I mean? And maybe you might get a better understanding of how to deal with them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I think as long as you're not putting it like, oh, this is 100% true, I think they could be useful for sure. Well said, Josh. I think that's the same thing that I learned over the week about personality tests. So the big thing that is being um, emphasized now in a lot of uh, Christian spiritual formation or kind of discipleship methods is the Enneagram test. Have either of you heard of the Enneagram? Mm-mm. No, I haven't. So it's nine different personality types or whatever. I'll send y'all a link. I actually will post a link maybe in the episode for those who might be curious. Um, but it's really popular in spiritual circles. It's not uh, originally a Christian tool, but kind of um, Christian contemplative sort of people, pe- monks and um, Christian monks and people within uh, certain uh, kind of mystic areas of Christianity have kind of been exploring this idea of what is it to kind of get to know yourself, to uncover the true self of who you are and what Christ is kind of has called you and formed you to be and who he is forming you to be, right? Anyway, but what we, I think the bottom line of what we learned with the Enneagram is that if you try to type cast yourself or type cast other people, then you almost create like a cult of personality to where it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy that you use as a crutch. Well, I'm sorry that I can't be more expressive with my feelings. That's just my personality type because I'm a, I don't know, I'm a nine or I can't help that I'm always searching for the next best thing. I'm a seven. You know what I'm saying? Like it can be almost like Zodiac signs once again, where people just live into this assumption that this thing is law for them in their life. And they don't realize you have free agency to change and develop that new stages and new experiences in your life will also shape you that you can be nurtured in socialization and race and gender and age and all of that sort of stuff plays a role in who you are and how you are. And of course, Faith as well can can develop you. So I think as long as you use it simply as what it's supposed to be, which is a tool for personal development, then it can be good. Right. Whatever it is, if you think Zodiac, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, which is also useful, I think Big Five, Strengths Finder, whatever one. Use it as a tool to get to know yourself, but don't hold yourself to it as if it's law. You know, and the other thing is. I think the really dark side is when corporations and schools and institutions use personality tests to try to stratify and to discriminate against people. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you can't typecast a person. You don't really know who a person is based on their that they're an ENFJ or whatever their strength finder score is or Enneagram type. That doesn't define who a person is and how they will work, right? Um, or what their, their ability to change and be flexible. Um, So I think we just, you know, I find it really fascinating because I am kind of on a path of self-discovery and I feel like personality tests are useful. But I also kind of I rebel against this idea of being like stereotyped or being typecast. Right. Because of a number or some zodiac sign. I just I don't I don't believe that. I think I'm an individual. I think I have free agency. I think I've grown and changed a lot in my life. And I'm hoping to do that more. I'm not going to be held by what some stranger wrote in a book about me that that might be the stubborn side talking senator <laughs> that might say? be the stubborn side i said that might be the stubborn <laughs> side talking <laughs> just teasing man um no nah, I, I feel you on that I, I definitely don't think it, like some people like it's like religion to them right 
It's like right. faith for them. Like they they swear by it. And I'm like, it's not that deep to me. I just use it to get a better understanding of what I'm dealing with. Or if I don't understand something, it's like help me, even what Josh was saying about reading about with your kid, which is something I need to do, um, just to help have a better understanding to be like, oh, okay, that's what that's about. Because I think we do, um, especially as we mature into adulthood, we kind of feel like we look through the we look through our ends and we feel yep. like other adults should handle things how we feel how we see fit and that's not always the case you know other people are going to communicate differently people are going to deal with rejection or hurt feelings or criticism or compliment large groups or whatever like everybody's going to deal with things differently and we all feel like in our minds well like i don't see it like that and it's not a problem for me so why is it a problem for you but that's just the case that we're all not we're all different you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying everybody's going to do things differently. Some there may be similarities with with some people, but um, that's the beauty in being able to like recognize individuality and using that to be able to assess a little bit more to be like, okay, cool. Well, I I I get that. I mean, I I'm like this, so that's why it's easy for me to do that, and it's frustrating for me. Uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating me because I do it with ease, and you do you don't. But me having an understanding that that's something that you struggle with now makes me more understandable like okay cool i shouldn't be so hard or i shouldn't be trying to make you like me and i i mean I, that's a, a deeper conversation with relationships where if people just kind of come in and work on characteristic flaws but like trying to make the person the person you want them to be is the issue that a lot of relationships people fail it's like yo i am who i am and again if it's flawed if i'm abusive if I am controlling if I'm manipulative sure those are characteristic flaws those are things that i need to work on but if I'm just like a talkative person, and I'm like full of energy and I like to laugh and crack jokes and I do like being out on the scene and I like going out and I like being around crowds of people. That's who I am. Those aren't flaws. You know what I'm saying? And if if we go into a relationship and you know that's who I was, don't get in a don't get in a relationship with me and definitely don't marry me and then try to change that that person that you've seen for all these years. I just think that a lot of people um fail on various relationships specifically romantic relationships is trying to make the person more like who who they want them to be instead of who they actually are right easier said than done but that's where the that's where the flaw comes in with the with the relationships and i think if everybody is honest they've at some point struggled with that you know even coming with like even simple shit with like driving and eating you know why you why you drive like that and why you why why you eat all the so-and-so first and why you don't do it like like, bro that's how i eat (laughs) that's that's my preference like you know what i'm saying and there's nothing wrong with that um yeah why don't you squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom of the toothpaste thing and roll it up because that's how you exactly that's and that's how them that's how them arguments and all that like nitpicking and just like well you know, you need to do it like that because ice how Why I don't do you it. have I, the toilet paper going over, right? Like a beard, not a mullet where it goes underneath it. Oh, I can't stand. Yeah, I'm gonna turn that mug. I, I could be over I your house. I'm just gonna do that on GP just because that just yeah. like, that hurts me. <laughs> That's weird. I can't stand that. So there's yeah. three things, three things I don't like. I'm gonna just tell you this right now. <laughs> three things and three people I don't like. People who put ketchup in the refrigerator, people who put the toilet paper as a mullet going backwards. Mm-hmm. And people who um, and people who squeeze the toothpaste just willy nilly anyway. 
<laughs> if you do that, something wrong with you. These are signs of psychopathy. You're psycho. <laughs> I knew you was gonna say that. <laughs> I, I, I definitely put ketchup in the refrigerator. That's oh, but I think a lot of the problem is that I don't want to say I don't want to make it a black thing, so I'll make it a people thing because I can't speak to different, you know, what I'm saying races and all that. But I think a lot of people, specifically maybe even Americans, white people don't use washcloths. Culturally, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. No, hold on. Let me address this situation, man. I've had the privilege and the opportunity to, you know, grow up in eclectic, you know, in an eclectic environment to be around a variety of people, i.e. white people. And I consider myself a connoisseur, a studier, a purveyor of white things and white people. It's just for my own personal just interest, right? And I have found, right, that from being in white people's homes, that they don't have washcloths. That I don't. They have towels. I'm not saying that they don't bathe. I'm just saying I don't find a lot of washcloths there. The other thing that, so I is that they're using I'm something so else instead of a washcloth, like I a think sponge that, or well, well see, here's the other thing. I also don't <laughs> see a lot of bar soap. It usually be like body wash, yeah, 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 body yeah. wash and gel, and of course, like seventeen bottles of shampoo. White people have so much shampoo; it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They have so much shampoo. I just don't know. I maybe a white person can chime in. We'll do a poll. I think the last episode. Let me say this: the last episode we posted up a poll. I know right now we don't have <laughs> the, the millions of listeners out there. Just in case y'all didn't realize it. But there was a poll. Maybe some white person can chime in this week and let us know if I'm just, you know, I'm just talking bullshit. But that's just been my experience. Maybe this is a generality about white people. It's no offense. Stereotypes. I'm not saying white people don't bathe or that they smell bad. I'm not saying that. Maybe they just have some other way, right, of bathing that doesn't use washcloths. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. Okay. One thing I one thing I know for observation since I can remember. And y'all, can, I know y'all can back me up on this because y'all live in America. Y'all have seen it. I don't know what it is in the white community about driving in the car and the, whoever's in the passenger side having their socks off with their feet on the dashboard and their toes <laughs> on the windshield. Like that's very, that's a very white thing. That's it's, very white. It's thing just cult- culturally, it's a thing. Yes. It is a yes. thing. Like toes, yes, like it's just like. I don't, I mean, white people love having that, a it's, it's nothing wrong with it. It's just like you clearly see that it's a white thing. And they don't care if the bottom of their feet is just black dirty, like just Fred Flintstone dirty. Like they was just like pulled in in the in the in the bedrock car. They just they're still toes out. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um Yeah. I don't have nothing else to say. It's just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that was that was good. That was that was that was a good episode, man. It was a lot of you know necessary and 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 predictable music talk, but good conversation though. Like I, I wanted to open up and ask y'all those questions, but even like transitioning into like personalities and and stuff like that, I think that was I think that was good stuff, man. So I guess this is a good. That's a good. That's a good space to uh to close out. Unless y'all got any, any other like closing. Closing statements. 
Nah, I think that's perfect, man. We have some fun with the Zodiac stuff. And... For sure. For sure. Well, cool, man. That's been another episode of Don't Trust the Punch. Uh, your boy G Rockulous. And then Shawty Black, a.k.a. my chocolate Teddy Graham. And we got Josh up in this bitch. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ohio. All up in Ohio. this Cincinnati. Cincinnati. You dig? Cincinnati's finest. But hey, nah, man, pre- appreciate to- appreciate y'all for listening. And uh, and we about that bit. We out. Peace out. Peace. Peace.